Boom. All right, ladies and gentlemen, join us. We got a dedicated advocate for a better San Diego here on the show today, and he's going to share his story, his vision for the city, and his inspiring journey from corporate uh, to from corporate life to community leadership. So let's get this show started. Here we go. Shut up and sit down. Look, a business can give you everything you want in life, prestige, wealth, freedom, it can also take everything away from you. This show is for those who are willing to take that risk. These are the real life stories of entrepreneurs. But before we start, I have one small favor to ask. Please leave a comment. It can be advice, critiques, tips, feedback, or share this with someone because your engagement is the most valuable and most powerful form of social currency. So thank you and welcome to another episode of Business Boss. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we got a special guest who's not just running for San Diego City Council, but he's also a passionate advocate for positive change in the community. So his, uh, we're gonna we're gonna have an inspiring conversation today as we delve into his journey from the corporate world to community leadership, and we're gonna explore his remarkable background, including his commitment to sustainability through his solar company, Schools Solar, and his dedication yep. to the grassroots effort aimed at fixing our election process with represent uh, with represent where he can represent the u.s <laughs> sorry i'm having a bad reading day today all right, all right. Where he's gonna he's gonna help us represent san diego here so right. let's welcome to the show the one and only mr fernando garcia <laughs> All right, Fernando, no more reading, dude. Let's do this thing. Let's get off awesome. the script and uh, let's have a conversation, man. So first of all, yeah. thank you for taking the time to be on the show today. Oh, thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. All right, dude. Um, this is not your first rodeo. This is not the right. first time you're running for office. You've been doing this for quite some time. Last time yep. you, uh, this is, by the way, show number two. Uh, yes. So uh, tell me what's happened, uh, what you did before and what's happened since. Yeah. So, you know, I'm a small business owner in the solar business um, that I've been doing for about seven years now. Uh, the last time we spoke, I ran for Congress uh, in the old District 53, uh, saw an opportunity, kind of did it last minute, um, gained a lot of experience from that. Uh, but right now I'm running for uh, city council here in District 9, which includes the areas of Normal Heights, Kensington, Talmadge, College Area, City Heights, um, a little bit past the 94, like Mount um, Mount Vernon um, and uh, Stockton area, and so that's uh, um, that's the area of district of District Nine. So you know, being able to affect uh, local elections and um, and I'm sorry, I said Mount Vernon, Mount Hope. Mount Hope. Yeah. <laughs> uh, sorry, it's been a long day. It's my second interview, so um, it uh, um, and so you know, being able to affect local elections or local politics is really what I'm looking to do. You know the things that that I see every day, um, so I'm excited. I uh, I I specifically like the fact that you're covering an area that has all the great uh, nightlife, the great uh, daylife. You can literally walk mm -hmm. around a lot of those areas and really spend time uh, and never see it all. Like there's always right. something new that's happening mm -hmm. in that area of town. Yes. Uh, and and uh, who better to represent it than somebody who's who's been there for a while? Walk me through uh, the last election. What, did, what were you going for? How did it turn out? Uh, and then what lessons did you learn that you're kind of bringing into this time? Yeah. So, you know, and um, like I said, when I ran for Congress very last minute, um, just saw an opportunity, 
learn what my strengths are. Um, you know, when it comes to the debate stage, that's kind of really where I shine. I think um, understanding the the issues uh, from a fundamental level, um, that's really where I uh, where I start to shine and compete. Um, and then, you know, being somebody that's able to represent the people, you know, when I ran um, for Congress, I, I did lose in the primary, but being as an independent, because I'm not tied to a political party, allows me to speak more freely and actually just represent the people as opposed to an ideology. So people, and I can tell you this, people now are being a lot more receptive to voting for an independent um, more so than they were even four years ago. Dude, a lot has changed. Right. Uh, four <laughs> years ago, we were going through uh, through COVID times, and right. it was a completely different world um, than it is. You know, once we went through the pandemic, people's minds completely changed about how they perceive a lot of things, how they go mm -hmm. online. Literally, having screens like this yeah. is something that we do that's normal now. That wasn't back then. Um, having podcasts and interviews back then wasn't uh, as frequent as it is today. Even even things like technology or issues in the community we've kind of opened up uh our our palette i guess for different ideologies and different ideas mm -hmm. that are not necessarily tagged to one political party or another we're just looking at the issue for the issue because right. we want to solve those types of problems uh why be why be an independent why not tie yourself to one of those political parties um maybe it could have helped as far as far as mm -hmm. you know running funding those types of things why go independent yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I'll be I'll be the first to tell you running um, with a party is definitely much easier. You have more of a infrastructure there for you. But I believe on a personal level that the two party system isn't working for us. You know, it's actually working against us. And what I how I feel about in terms of leadership is that we need to be the ones, especially as elected officials, to step out of our comfort zone and show people, hey, I actually do want to represent the people. I'm willing to take the harder route um, because that's how much I believe in it. I mean, yes, I can join a political party. They've, I, they've asked me to. I've said no. Um, and, and that way I can just focus on the issue, not be married to an ideology, have some common sense and, and just full on represent the people and, and make smart decisions. What do you feel the pulse of our public here in San Diego is, is kind of telling you, what are some of the, the major mm -hmm. issues that you feel um, that, that our citizens are like, Hey, this is what we need to change. Uh, and you kind of resonate with. Yeah. So I think, you know, a big thing that a lot of us are affected with is the homeless crisis. And, you know, a lot of us, a lot of people feel that here in not just San Diego, but all in California, that we really have a policy of enablement as opposed to empowerment, meaning that, we have to take the streets um, as, an, uh, as an option off. You know, we have to set the standard and the tone, in my opinion, to say, hey, look, the streets are not an option. Um, we, as a, because we know if you sleep on the street, you're gonna urinate on the street, you're gonna defecate on the street, you're gonna do other things on the street. And that's not safe for the people living there or the residents in the area. And so what we need to do is we gotten so, we've let the problem go so far that right now, the immediate thing is to get people into shelter. And we can do that pretty fast. Now, from there, that's where it's going to take time to really kind of, you know, some people might call it a triage to where we figure out what is affecting this person. Is it drugs? Is it mental illness? Then from there, we can get them into, you know, specific facilities. But the first step is we need to get them off the street 
into some type of shelter, even if it's temporary shelter, um, because the options of the street is not working for, for anybody, not for the unhoused and not for the residents of San Diego. Um, we have to take that off the, the table. Dude, that's uh that's one of those topics that's really easy to kind of say, not so easy to do, right? Uh, and I, yes. I agree with you, man. It's it's kind of it's kind of sad and scary when you mm-hmm. go through some towns and you you turn a corner and it's a tent city. And right. and I get it. We have the the most beautiful weather probably in in all the world. Like there there's a right. there's a reason why people come here. Uh, and, and you can literally survive outside if you wanted to, but right. it is starting to take a toll on different neighborhoods, property values. Yeah. Uh, people just don't feel safe. I know I, I, if, if I'm in a certain area, I'm like holding my kids' hands, uh, right. you know, they're teenagers now, but it doesn't matter. I'm still like right. holding them. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't, I, I don't trust the area, uh, when I'm walking through something like that. Um, is there like, is, is there funding or, or, or programs that can, can actually tackle this? Or is it kind of like one of those things where like, we're going to say we're going to do it. And then when we get down to the nitty gritty, there's, there, it, there's no real solution uh, because nobody wants to either pony up the dough or, or pony up the resources. Yeah. So there, there's billions of dollars um, going into trying to solve the homeless um, crisis. The problem is we're almost kind of creating what's called a, a homeless industrial complex where, you know, you have billions of dollars and the problem's only getting worse, Mm. you know? And so, and there's an incentive to keep people homeless in terms of if you want the funding to keep coming in. Um, My, my belief and what I want to do is is really focus on regionalizing our resources. You know, San Diego can't do it by themselves. We we definitely need the County involved. Um, So to have, for example, for example, uh, a facility or an area you know, that's more South County, Central, North North County, so that we can really consolidate our resources and um, and make it more effective, you know, because we are having a budget. Uh, we, you know, we have a $5 billion, I'm sorry, billion dollar budget over five year deficit. And we need, and if we go into a recession during that time frame, it's even going to exacerbate that. So we need to start really being smart with the money we do have and start consolidating things and um, you know, really be be smart with the funding we do get. Uh, but there's definitely funding there. It's just a matter of you know, a lot of the funding goes to the donors. You know, you have a lot of developers. You got a lot of big not-for-profit people who are donating to campaigns, and they expect to get a return on that, and they want those dollars to flow back to them, um, even though they're not necessarily doing the most cost-effective thing for uh, solving the problem. So, you know, as a independent and somebody who can uh, really put the people of San Diego first, put the taxpayers first. Um, I think I'm the one to get the job done more effectively. I got a question that I, I kind of been pondering uh, myself. Uh, sure. I, I don't know if anybody else really thinks of stuff like this, but uh, you know, there's a lot of kids that are out there eating a bunch of junk food, right? A bunch mm-hmm. of stuff that's probably not healthy for them. It's really inexpensive, you know, things like pop tarts and chips and stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm guilty. I sell that stuff in my classroom as well. So you know, <laughs> right. I, I add to the problem, but uh, on the flip side, uh, when I was running the other day, I was like, you know, I'm running and, and as I'm running, I run in the dark sometimes because it's sure. early in the morning and there's like pine cones on the floor, different, different, you know, tree products on the floor that kind of got a nudge out of the way. And I thought to myself, you know, what would be cool is if I'm running and I get like a little bit blo- low blood sugar, it would be cool to just kind of grab a little or like a little tangerine or orange along the way and kind of eat that. And I thought, 
Why yeah. doesn't the city do that? They have mm-hmm. irrigation and and they plant trees. Why not things like fruit trees so that a kid coming home from school can have an apricot or a plum mm-hmm. or an orange or something like that? I remember being a kid going to trees and just spending time like a monkey in a tree eating fruit for hours. Why doesn't the city utilize some of the resources it has and provide some of this nutrition almost in a free way? Right. Yeah. I mean, I think those are those. See, those are the type of ideas that are great ideas that we can definitely implement. I mean, I, I mean, just in general, <laughs> we need more trees in the city. We have, you know, so might as well make them, you know, if it, if it makes sense to make them fruit trees, that's an opportunity. I don't see why not. Um, in terms of providing food, though, um, one of the things I would love to do is bring on uh, vertical farming. Um, and if you're familiar with vertical farming, it's basically where we're growing indoors or on top of roofs. Um, for example, at a school site where, um, you know, it gives fresh food and um, it's free. It continuously grows. And, uh, you know, it's initial investment. But I think when you bring up that we're eating such unhealthy food um, and lots of times we can where we want to bring regionally bring in the homeless. We want to create things to where they can actually do things to to help work, you know, um, and provide for themselves. So if we can help them grow their own food and and um, bring things like that and help them with therapy, I think that would be a great idea. Um, I I think it's gonna be a lot of, you know, we need grand plans, uh, but we also need little things to help fill the gaps. And I think though, you know, something like that will help fill the gap. I agree. I agree. I think the only problem we might have is uh, different agricultures who actually make a profit off this stuff might have something to say. But, uh, you know, I guess the you got to follow where the buck goes at the end of the day. Uh, let me ask you about, you know, growing your your base, right? Getting your mm-hmm. message out uh, to the public. I know recently you started a podcast. Yep. Um, you've been uh, you've been in the solar industry for quite some time, which means you're probably familiar with door to door knocking. Uh, what's it been like campaigning? Um, and what's what what have you experienced uh, this time around that maybe you learned or are improving on from the last time around? Oh, yeah. So the number one thing that I've done differently is started off way earlier, you know, in terms of campaigning. That's helped out tremendously. Uh, the podcast that I have, the independent podcast, um, has helped me create great relationships with people. I think, you know, the one thing that you learn is that, especially now with campaigns, it's not just about money. I mean, yes, money plays a role, but it's also about the relationships you build. You know, when you build the right relationships, those people can actually help you because uh, those many of those people have an audience. And so helps with getting the word out. It helps with, with uh, learning new ideas um, as long as you're receptive to them, which I am. And uh, so just starting off early, getting out there now, door knocking, um, you know, going to a lot of different um, street fairs is a big one. Um, all these different events, community planning groups, which have really been ignored by city council uh, and, and really actually finding out how many people do not like the incumbent uh, in my district is really give, is, is a big advantage for me. And you've gotten that information again early on, right? So right. you're able to kind of utilize that. Uh, for some yeah. reason, I had that, that uh, scene in Eight Mile where, like, he he basically throws out all his garbage, and then you know, all of a sudden, he he, he takes the the stage and the popularity because people can connect with them. Yeah. Um, and and I want to kind of hover on the on the podcasting, obviously, because I have a little bit of bias. I kind of helped you sure. get that thing started. Yeah. Um, you're able to kind of build those connections. Mm-hmm. What has your experience been like building relationships and even getting access? to people that maybe you normally oh, yeah. didn't have because of the podcast. Yeah, I'll, I'll give you a great example. Um, this is a perfect example. 
I, uh, I interviewed a gentleman uh, who was creating what's called the Common Sense Party here in California. I interviewed him, had a great interview. He has since, um, you know, partnered with the Forward Party, uh, which is, um, you know, headed by Andrew Yang, who used to be a presidential candidate. And I've actually met with him twice already because of that relationship. So to be able to, and, and he's a, he's somebody I really admire. And I think, um, you know, I think we align on a lot of different things in terms of, he's very much a problem solver. He doesn't really care about ideologies or anything like that. He's like, Hey, how do we solve the problems? And that's kind of my mentality and be able to, to now connect with him and speak with him, have conversations that would have never have happened without my podcast. So um, it, you never know where it's going to turn into, you know, no. and that's probably the biggest one, but you know, there, there's been some other smaller ones as well. Yeah. And, and that's the whole thing, right? It's, it's that connection at the end of the day, that initial conversation and then allowing it to kind of nurture and, and grow from there. All right. Um, we're in a, we're in, we're in election season. It is time. It is grind time right now. This yep. is where you make the big push. Um, yeah. you saw recently we had the Iowa caucus and, uh, mm -hmm. Trump pretty much dominated that space. <laughs> Um, right. are, are there any lessons you're learning from some of the bigger campaigns out there that you're implementing into your campaign? And what are you doing to uh, kind of use that to push this last couple months? You know, um, you know, for me, the two, the, you know, I'm not a big fan of either candidate, you know, the two main candidates, which would be Biden and Trump. You know, I, you know, I, uh, I use their their existence as an example of why we need some of the things that we need. I mean. Um, we probably, in my opinion, those are two of some of the worst candidates we could we could possibly have. I think we can do a lot better. Uh, I think if we had things like ranked choice voting, which I'm very passionate about, things like democracy dollars that make it so that candidates uh, don't have to go after big donors, they can go directly to the people. And, you know, the ranked choice voting where you can just basically rank who you want so you can vote more with who you feel aligns with your values as opposed to voting for the lesser of two evils, you know. And, and and really just getting my message out there as much as possible. Podcasts, my podcast, your podcast, uh, other podcasts, um, utilizing social media as much as possible because it's uh, just as it's very cost effective. So um, and that's basically it. But really focusing on uh, representing the people and what their wants are, not just, you know, my ide ideology. We're as elected officials. It's our job to represent the people that we uh, in our district. Let me ask you about changing things. Uh, mm -hmm. Literally today, we started the chapter in my class with students on taxes. And so I start mm -hmm. off with kind of a history of taxes. They learn a little bit about what it is, where it came from, and why it's important. Uh, but they're 17. So mm -hmm. uh, they don't always pay 100% attention. And I always tell them the number one problem with ever trying to make change in things like tax law or the way we elect officials is that people don't pay attention is that they right. don't want to learn these things. And so everything gets done from behind the scenes. It's almost yeah. like it's rigged and it kind right. of, in my opinion, is. is. So right. how do you, how do you make that change? How do you spread that message that, you know, things like what you just described, different ways of voting, different ways of coming mm -hmm. up with candidates. Cause I agree with you. It's yeah. always the lesser of two evils for a presidential right. candidate, but we don't really have a choice. Cause at the end <laughs> of the day, the individual person isn't the person isn't really the one electing these candidates in the first place. How do we make change before we go downhill to a point where we we're stuck? 
Yeah, well, I think the first thing we need to look at is really look at what got us here in the first place. And in my opinion, it's the two-party system. You know, we're, we need to start, stop just looking at, okay, who as individuals, if you're a Democrat, stop looking at just, okay, I'm going to vote for a Democrat, or if I'm a Republican, I'm only going to vote Republican. There are a lot of good independents out there. And I think they're, we're starting to get a lot of attention now um, because we're focused, we're focused more on ideas as opposed to ideologies. Uh, and we're coming up with actual solutions. You know, a lot of people feel that, oh, I'm just one vote. It's not going to matter. It's all rigged. And to an extent it is, but there are ways that we can actually bring more democracy to the people. And it's also very important that people, citizens understand that when you live in a democracy, it, it isn't easier to live in a democracy. It is harder to live in a democracy. You have to be more informed because if you're not, if you make the decision to not be informed in a democracy, you run the risk of being taken advantage of. And so, and that, and that's really what's going on. If we do have a, an educated, informed populace who's going out there learning about the issues, then a democracy is a great um, system for us. But if you're not choosing that as an option, you know that's where things can go awry, and that's where you know big money and corporations can really easily take over. Oh man, and and that's the thing, right? You have to know, otherwise they're gonna they're gonna run you over. I I'm all right. I always go back to board games, right? Monopoly. Yeah. You play Monopoly the first time, you're not very good. The second time, you have a chance of winning because you know the rules from the first time. Mm -hmm. But the if, if you're playing and you never actually learn the rules, then the person you're playing with can do anything they want because you right. wouldn't know if it was right or wrong in the first place, or you're not even paying attention. It's ironic how we live in an era where every answer is sitting right here. <laughs> and yet we don't know yeah. half of anything that's going on until all of a sudden it, it's affecting your bank account. It affects your social service. It affects, you know, what, what you're required to do or not required to do. Then you all of a sudden have a voice, but you've already gotten to that point. It's kind of scary. Um, but either way, when you do find somebody that you feel you're supporting, that you agree with, that you want to support, um, how do people get involved like that? How do people get involved in helping you, for example, if they're jiving with your message and, and what you're doing for San Diego? Yeah, there's a lot of different ways. I mean, the easiest way is basically, you know, share my message, um, share my campaign on social media. Um, you know, those are, that's just a couple clicks, um, you know, uh, and, you know, or if you want to get more involved, you know, feel free to go to my website, you know, sign up and we definitely need more door knockers. Um, if you're fortunate enough to donate to a campaign, go to my website and donate, you know, 10 bucks, five bucks, whatever, you know, if you donate more, great. Uh, if you have great ideas, I'm, I'm more than happy to explore those ideas, but, um, you know, really clicking and liking on social media and sharing it doesn't cost you anything just takes maybe a minute it's probably the you know the easiest way to help out by the way, a uh, little side note. Uh, I know you use uh, StreamYard. At least we set you up with StreamYard as well for yep. your podcast. And they just added a really cool feature, which is vertical video. So oh, yeah. uh, you yeah. can add an Instagram, for example, uh, and record it in video vertical format so it goes live to your Instagram and then okay. download the video, send it to your TikToks, or use even AI software to kind of create clips and kind of yeah. boost that message, get that message okay. out there as best as possible. Yeah. So um, one more time, dude, if people want to, donate they want to contribute they want to be a part of what you're doing one more time how can they do that 
So you can go to my website, uh, GarciaForSanDiego.com. Uh, you can also go on um, on Facebook or Instagram, uh, which is basically Gar- you know Garcia for San Diego, and um, hit me up there. Share my message. If you have any questions, let me know. Um, you know, one uh, one thing I also want to get rid of too in San Diego, we haven't touched on it, uh, is SDG&E. Um, we pay the highest utility costs in the country. And, um, you know, I want to get rid of them, start our own public utility company. And uh, just like they do in L.A., like they do in the uh, Imperial Valley, like they do in Sacramento, Riverside, Pasadena, Glendale, all those big cities, Anaheim. Um, let's start taking control of our utility costs and um, actually promote solar as opposed to killing the solar industry, which is what SDG, SDG, SDG&E is doing with NEM 3.0. So. Oh man, I'll even take it a step further. Get them the battery cells. Get yourself <laughs> completely off the grid. That's you right. don't even have to worry yeah. about you know those high rates. Because I don't know about you guys, but when I run my AC in the summer, whoo, yeah. that yeah. is a brutal bill if you didn't it have is. solar. Once I got solar, it was a lot more manageable. But prior yeah. to that, man, it was like a car payment just to keep right. my house cool. Yep. Oh yep. man. All right. Uh, a last little thing. Um, so. You want to make sure that the public stays informed. You want to make sure that they're they're all about the issues. But more importantly, there's a date that they have to come and show. They have to That's represent. Right. When is that? Let's keep them. Uh, let's make sure everybody knows when they're gonna come out vote yep. for Fernando Garcia for city council. If you are in the San Diego area where you're running, yeah. So March 5th is the last day to vote, but. You know, uh, ballots are going to go out, I want to say February 10th. I could be wrong on that date, but the, the ballots are, are going to be mailed out pretty soon. So um, you can actually vote sooner than that. Um, but the last day will be March 5th. And um, so it's coming up. We're uh, it's uh, it's go time. So if you're going to get a ballot, uh, look at my information, uh, look at my opponent's information. And I think you'll be happy at the plan that I got and the platform I'm working on. And uh, looking forward to representing the people of San Diego and District 9. All right, ladies and gentlemen, you heard it. Ballots are going out. Check your mailboxes. And if not, you can always go to the polls on that March 5th. Get your vote in as soon as possible. Make sure you guys reach out. Check out what Fernando's got going on. Garcia for san diego.com is his website garcia for san diego.com you can follow him at social garcia for san diego is where you can find him contribute time money whatever you can share the podcast share the message that he has out there because at the end of the day san diego needs improvements if you're in district nine this is exactly the type of candidate that you want in an office you don't want them with one partisan idea compared to another partisan idea we want good ideas to go out maybe you'll get some fruit trees you never know (laughs) so make sure you guys check it out march 5th garcia for san diego.com fernando thank you very much for being a part of the program today ladies and gentlemen we'll catch you guys on the next one peace thank you so much take care it's over go home Is your business in need of marketing? Try starting a podcast, but not just any podcast, podcast like a pro. We can show you how to take your business from being invisible to becoming a brand people trust. Go to www.businessbros.biz to get started today.